Welcome to The Overflow, the official podcast of The Block. The Block is a thriving young adult ministry of Celebration Church in New Orleans, full of exciting initiatives, faith-filled speakers, a lively community, and most importantly, God's presence. Our aim is that every person seeking fulfillment tunes in and walks away overflowing with knowledge, encouragement, love, and gratitude for the Word of God. We hope that you are both encouraged and challenged by today's message. Welcome to The Block Online. Once again, my name is Pastor Steven. I'm our young adult pastor here at Celebration Church. The Block is a college and young adult ministry here in New Orleans, Louisiana. And we are so excited that you chose to join with us tonight. I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, to get your Bible out. Turn to Psalm chapter 42. That's what we're going to be looking at tonight. And as you turn your Bible or your smartphone or your app, whatever you use, and I want to share a story with you. My wife and I, we're going to be married six years in April. So this month, we'll be married for six years. Years. And right after we got married, we moved into a double. Uh, that double was not a connected double. It was a detached, meaning that there was a house in the front and that there was a house in the back. And so we lived at the house in the back. And when we first moved in together, uh, we had all of our stuff. And the double that we lived in, the portion that we lived in, it had one bedroom, one bathroom, one kitchen, one living room, and one yard. And so it was just enough for us. But here's the problem. There wasn't enough closet space. How many of you right now, you think you don't have enough closet space? I think a lot of us probably think that. But let me tell you something. When me and my wife moved in together, we realized that we were going to have a big problem uh, because there was only one place really in the house to keep all of our clothes. So being the godly man of integrity that I am, I gave that to my wife. And I said, you can have this space to put all your clothes to hang them up. And so after we got married, uh, we got some gift cards. We went to Bed Bath & Beyond, and we got one of those external rolling racks that you would particularly put some clothes on. And that was the space that was given to me to put my thing. So that's how we lived for some time. She had the closet. Uh, we had a dresser. She also had that as well. But I had the external rolling rack for my clothes. So a couple months after we were married, me and my wife, we were watching some TV at night and uh, we heard a loud bang in our bedroom as if somebody was breaking in. And so I did what, what any typical man or man of God would do. I, I told my wife, I said, can you go check that out and see what it is? I'm just joking. But anyway, I ended up going into the room to see what was wrong. I didn't know what I was going to find. I had a a knife in my hand. I thought somebody was trying to break in the house. But what had taken place was the rack that I had put all my clothes on, I had put too much weight on it. And because of that, it actually bent and it exploded. All the clothes that I owned were scattered all the way around the house, all the way around that room. And the reason I tell you that story is because our emotions are kind of similar to that. What I mean is that for all of us, there is a breaking point when it comes to our emotions. Now, if you look at specifically the human body, you look at the hormones that we produce. There's a hormone, it's called uh, serotonin. And that hormone, it regulates your mood. And research shows us that the more that you stress, the less your body produces that hormone of serotonin which means that you could eventually lead to a place of becoming clinically depressed. Now, that's not exciting news to talk about, but I think we need to talk about it tonight. And the reason why is because the statistics are coming out from around the world. Uh, You're looking at this probably in America, um, and we are looking now, and if you looked at news recently, you're seeing the reports that are coming out Um, from the East and things that were taking place in China and these parts of the world where the pandemic that we're dealing with right now in America, where it is at a different place, a different pace than it is now. That's why they're saying right now, in two weeks from now, it's going to be at its worst. How can we say that? How do you know that? Well, they're looking at the track record of what's taken place already 
in the East. Now, I'm telling you all that because the statistics are showing us, the research is, is telling us some pretty important things that I think that we need to listen to tonight. For example, uh, Chinese citizens were reporting depression and anxiety amid their lockdown. And also a Chinese psychological society found that 42.6% of the surveyed 18,000 Chinese citizens, they tested positive for anxiety. Not only that, on one of their social media platforms that they have, a platform called Weibo, a hashtag that translated to hashtag how to deal with feeling very anxious at home was trending more than 290 million views. On top of that, there's a research that came out from the university in Beijing in a prestigious medical journal. And this is what they said. They said that those on the front lines of this crisis could, quote, exceed the consequences of the virus itself in regards to mental health. And you may say, well, that's in China. That's over there in the East. Well, just this week, actually, on Twitter, Kensington Palace tweeted this. The last few weeks have been anxious and unsettling for everyone. We've had to take time to support each other and find ways to look after our mental health. By taking some simple steps each day, we can all be better prepared for the times ahead. So this thing is, is moving. It's moving in the direction of where we are right now. And the reason why I'm sharing this to you because Jesus said in Matthew, in, sorry, John 16, 33, that in this world you will have trouble. And we're looking at trouble right now. We're saying, yeah, we're in the trouble. But I want to talk about a different type of trouble that none of us are immune to today if you're watching this. And that's the trouble of our emotional and our mental health as we live and we operate in the day and time that we're living in. Now, the Bible talks about two different types of people in the book of Proverbs, specifically Proverbs chapter 22, verse 13. It talks about the person who is prudent and a person who is simple. You may say, what what does that even mean? The Bible says that a simple person sees trouble coming and they say, no big deal, I just keep walking. But a prudent person does something different. They say, no, 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 I see trouble coming, so I need to do something right now to make sure that when this trouble gets here, that I'm prepared and ready to meet it full on. And so my hope tonight is that as we lean into the God's word together, we look at Psalm 42, we talk about emotional and mental health, which is really uncomfortable emotions that some of us may be facing right now in isolation in our homes, that you would find freedom and that you would find some really practical things that you can do tonight as soon as, or today, whenever you're watching this or listening to this, as soon as you finish listening to this. Now, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. I've always been fascinated by that passage of scripture. And the reason why is because Jesus could have said, love me, but he didn't say that. He actually took the human being and cut the human being into three separate parts Because he was trying to communicate that there are three parts, essential parts, to every single individual. And those parts are, as he said, your heart, your soul, and your mind. Now, what is your heart? Your heart is where your affections come from. What's your soul? That's that's your your spirituality. That's where you grow spiritually. But then your mind is is your thoughts. And here's what I want you to know tonight. If one area of you is unbalanced, everything's unbalanced. You may say, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm good physically, uh, I'm good spiritually, but man, if mentally you're not doing all right, your, your mental and your emotions have the potential to unbalance everything in your life. And the same is true about physical and spiritual. If you're unbalanced in those areas, it has the ability to impact every single area of your life. Now, here's what I want you to know. 
When we talk to clinical psychologists today, they say this. They say that we are living right now in this very moment in trauma. Every single one of us. We are experiencing trauma in some way, shape, or form. And not only that, but what they say is that the trauma that you encounter, what it does is it actually reactivates any old trauma that you have. And it comes to you in waves. It's almost like a wave that comes over you and a wave that goes away. And so I just want to tell you tonight, all the things that you're feeling right now as you're watching this, and I'm talking to myself tonight as well, it's normal. It's normal to feel anxious right now. It's normal to feel overwhelmed. It's normal to feel scared. It's normal to to feel a sense of grief. What's not okay is to ignore it. What's not okay is to say, I'm doing okay, when the reality is that we're not doing okay. We're struggling to understand what's really taking place. And one thing I want to talk to you tonight really quick before we jump into Psalm 42 is this, is that your emotions need motion. I'm going to say that again. Your emotions need motion. Meaning that when you feel something, when you sense something, um, it's not okay to just sweep it under the rug, like I just said. But instead, for us to grow and to thrive, the things that we're feeling, we need to allow those things to flow through and for us to manage those in a God-given biblical way so that those things, we can experience them, but they can ultimately lead us closest to God and closer to others. Now, there's been an article that's been circulating these past couple weeks that uh, I saw it on all different churches. We're, we're quoting in all these different things. And so I looked into it this week, and the article is called this. It's called The Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief. It's from a Harvard Business Review. David Kessler, he wrote it. He's the world's foremost expert on grief. He's the founder of Grief.com, which sees over 5 million visits from over, uh, yearly from 167 countries. And what he says in this article is he says what every person is feeling is grief. And he goes into detail. He says the reason why we're feeling grief is because we all have lost something. You may say, well, I haven't lost a loved one. Well, we're not talking specifically about that. We're talking about everything. Some of you, you, lo- you have lost times with friends. You have lost a rhythm. You have lost uh, a party that you were a birthday party with your friends or a vacation. You have lost the idea of what life was going to be like over these, these weeks and these months. Something has been lost. He says also there's anticipatory grief that a lot of us are feeling that when you see the news and you hear these things that are taking place, that your mind goes there and says, man, I wonder if I'm going to experience this type of grief in my life. And all of us in some way, shape, or form, he says in his article, we're experiencing this type of grief. And can I tell you tonight, as I read that, I said, yeah, I'm feeling that way. I'm feeling that way. We're about to have a baby, me and my wife, in two weeks. We're super excited. But can I tell you the idea of what we had and what that was going to be like? It's not really what it's going to be like anymore. And there's some kind of grief that's going on for us because we're not going to be able to be around people. We're not going to be able to share those moments uh, with people holding our newborn son. We're not going to be able to do that. Right now in this moment, can I just be honest? It's super weird to be preaching into a camera. I'm so used to coming on a Thursday night and and hanging out with you guys, my friends, and people that I consider family, and, and feeding off of you as we dive into the Word of God and as we worship together. And you know what? I know I'm not the only person that's feeling that way. And guess what, guys? It's okay. It's normal to feel that way. And we've got to be honest about those feelings and the emotions that we're going through right now. But this is what he says in the article. He says, when you name it, you feel it, and it moves through you. It's important that we acknowledge what we're going through. Fighting it doesn't help because your body is producing the feeling. If we allow the feelings to happen, 
they'll happen in an orderly way and it empowers us. Then we're not the victims. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. We're going to, like I said, talk about Psalm 42 tonight. And our week this week in life group is going to be asking one question. How are you doing? How are you doing? And it's not a question to look over, to sweep under the rug and to say, I'm doing great. Because the reality is that no one is. No one's doing great. We've all, we're all feeling something right now that is some uncomfortable emotion that we are trying to deal with. And a lot of people, they like to say, oh, uh, all science and no faith. And, and some people say, all faith and no science. I hear faith over fear. Can I tell you, we need to use wisdom tonight. We need to use wisdom. And what that means is that I want to show you in scripture, there's some, some things that have been expressed by psychologists and clinical psychologists in our country and online about, hey, these are some things that you need to do. And guess what? They're actually biblical. <laughs> if you look into the word of God, it's nothing new that someone's come up with. Maybe someone said, hey, I think this is a good idea. Well, guess what? God made you. He formed you. He gave you that idea. Um, it's actually all found in the word of God. And I want to show you that tonight, that the things that we're being asked to do and that I want to ask you to do tonight are actually found in the word of God. So Psalm chapter 42, if you haven't read the book of Psalms before, I want to encourage you. We're doing a devotional, daily devotional. We're releasing it on our Facebook page. You can uh, search Celebration Church Young Adults on Facebook and also on our Instagram account at the block NOLA. Posting those devotionals every day taken from the book of Psalms. Why? Because the book of Psalms was written by uh, several authors, but the ones that we're focused on are written by a man by the name of David. And David, it's almost like a journal. And if you read the book of Psalms, you would think to yourself, why is this in the Bible? This is crazy. These emotions that are being just put on a page that I'm reading. And guess what? You read it right now, I guarantee you can relate to it. You read it right now and you think, wow, this guy is really saying this to God? Yeah, you know why? Because God wants transparency. God, as he says in Psalm 51, he doesn't want sacrifices or burnt offerings. He wants brokenness. He wants you to be you. He wants you to come before him and say, you know what? I'm not doing well. I'm not feeling okay. Or maybe I'm, I'm dealing with these emotions. Or I have a friend who I don't know how to deal with that. Because maybe you're here today and you're like, no, Stephen, I really am fine. I, I really am fine. That's great. But guess what? You have a friend who isn't. You have a family member who isn't. And I want to encourage you to take these principles and practices today and apply them to your life and help someone else in your life and minister to them. So Psalm chapter 42, if you have your, your Bibles, like I said, you can go ahead and open up to that passage of scripture with me. And David, the context is David has several sons. Uh, and one of his sons, Amnon, he actually uh, raped his daughter, Tamar. And Absalom, who's another son of David, becomes angry and kills Amnon and then gets an army together and, and fights off David, kicks David out of his kingdom. And David is running. And a lot of the Psalms that we read, David is in isolation. Sound familiar to anybody right now? We're in isolation. Right? We're called to stay home, to quarantine. We can relate to this more than you think. And I've just got some thoughts I want to throw out to you. And the first one is this, is that there is connection in isolation. If you read Psalm 42, <clears throat> David says this, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for you, my God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. Where people say to me, where is your God? He says in verse four, these things I remember as I pour my soul, how I used to go to the house of God. I mean, how many of you can, can get with that tonight? 
And you can say, I feel that. I used to be able to go to the house of God and be with people. Man, I feel that tonight. I want to be in a room with believers lifting our voices and shouting. And David is in this place where he's like, man, my soul, it longs for God. And above that, I used to go to the house of God. I used to be surrounded by people. But can I tell you that just because we're isolated doesn't mean we're disconnected. But I think for some of you, we've chosen isolation in isolation. It's a decision to remain connected. Even though the government may say, hey, we need to stay here and we need to adhere to those rules, you can decide to be connected or to not be connected. Now, the psychologists say this, during these times, you need to talk to someone. Seems pretty easy, right? Well, here's the problem, is that you get to choose if you want to talk to somebody or not. You get to listen to the voices that are speaking to you and say, you know what, maybe I don't want to, I don't need to communicate with anyone right now. I don't need to connect to anyone. Can I tell you? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I love right now that, I just want to let you know that church is happening, (laughs) probably now more than ever um, in the history of me being interacting with, with the body of Christ, is that life groups are happening online right now in our ministry. We have record attendance at all of our life groups. People who haven't been in life groups in a while, we're all getting connected. But this week, I've just been thinking, not just about that, but I've been thinking about the people who come to church and never decided to connect. And right now, I, I feel for you. I feel for those individuals who may, you're just not maybe connected like you need to be. Maybe you're like, I don't want to be. It's, it's not about what you want. It's what you need. And you need connection. And so you're like, well, that's great, Stephen. What's well, too late now? Actually, no, it's never too late as long as you're alive. And I want to tell you right now, you can get in an online life group tonight, this week. Say, how do I do that? Well, all you have to do is write us. You can email me if you want, stephend at celebrationchurch.org. You can go to our Instagram account, at the block NOLA. Send us a DM and say, I need to get in an online life group. Man, take the step tonight and don't miss being connected to the body of believers. Science, psychology, talk to someone. God says, talk to someone too. You need to be connected to the body of believers. Not only that, but the second thing is this, that there's a need for rhythm and chaos. I talked about this two weeks ago. You can go listen to that message, if you will, called Uncomfortable Times. But there needs to be, there needs to be some sort of rhythm in this chaos. And I want to say this, that there's a danger that, that you and I, we develop some dangerous patterns, specifically in regards to our sleep during this time. Because we don't have to be up at a certain time. We don't have to be anywhere. Um, but if you read David's life specifically, you read in verse 3, my tears have been my food day and night. You see that David is suffering with sleeplessness. David has lost some rhythm. He's lost some pattern. And sleeplessness is extremely dangerous. Extremely dangerous to your body, soul, and mind. It impacts all three areas of your life. And so we have to be very wise when it comes to the rhythms that we are developing, specifically when it comes to Sleep. I mean, you look at science. Science says this, you need a rhythm. That's what science says. Well, actually, God said that in Genesis. He formed a rhythm. And then we see in this, in Psalm chapter 42, that David is feeling these ways and he's actually vocalizing, I'm not sleeping enough. And I want to encourage you tonight, get some sleep. Get a pattern going in your life where you're in bed at a certain time. That, and maybe, and here's the thing. I mean, you look at your iPhones, um, typically what will happen in America, or in areas where they have phones and things like that, is that, um, the backlight on the phone, when, when the lights, when the outside, the sun goes down, our phones come on and we see the screen light that mimics sunlight. And several years ago, Apple developed this um, new light, this backlight, this nighttime light that you could press 
in order to mimic a nighttime. Why? Because people's sleeping patterns are being messed up, right? And so here's the deal. We need sleep. You need sleep. I want to encourage you. Get some sleep. Get some rest. Get in a good pattern. The third thing is this, and this is spiritually speaking, is that I want you to know tonight that there's purpose in suffering. There's purpose in suffering. A lot of us, we feel like in this moment that we are suffering, and I'm with you. I feel that. I feel that emotionally sometimes. I feel that physically. I feel that in different areas sometimes that I'm, I'm suffering in some way. But can I tell you that God's perfect plan is to draw us closer to him in the suffering. If you look at the Old Testament, you look at the theme that God would allow things to take place in the life of the Israelites. Why? Because his ultimate goal is intimacy, is to know you is to know you more and for, for him to know you more. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I, I shared this with you and I've just been thinking about it more and more that I had a thought and I believe that this was a thought that God gave me is that, you know, we've been told that we're running from something, but the reality is that we're not running from something, we're running to something. We think that, oh, the government's told us to go stay in our homes, but the reality is that God is positioning us to encounter him. Like we've never encountered him before. And this time of suffering and confusion and chaos is a time for you to meet the God of the chaos, the God who can still the winds and the waters with just a single word, the God who wants to meet you in the silence, the God who made things uncomfortable and positioned you to a place where you can experience him like you've never experienced him before. I believe that in the suffering that you're experiencing, whatever it is, God has an ultimate goal in that suffering of intimacy between you in him. But the fourth thing is this, is that there needs to be gratitude and confusion. Gratitude and confusion. He says this, uh, David writes it in Psalm 42. He writes that my soul is downcast, but therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of, the Her- of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. And what does David say? He goes, I'm really confused. I'm isolated. I'm feeling kind of out of place right now. My mint- I'm all over the place. Let me take a second to just center myself and remember who God is. Remember what God has done. To take a moment to be grateful for all the things that God has done in your life. How many times do we run to God just to get something? Just to ask him, I'm guilty of that. God, I need this. Can you, can you please answer this prayer request? And because of that, our minds are running. We're always thinking about what we need. Now, what you and I need tonight, today, is to be grateful for who God is. To be still, to be silent. Say, God, you are so good. I have a house I'm sitting in right now. I'm I'm watching a sermon on a TV, on a screen. This wasn't even, we couldn't have done this decades and decades ago, but here I am still connected to the body of Christ. I mean, think of all the great things God has done personally in your life. Write them down if you have to. Think about them and take time daily, listen to me, daily, to be grateful in the middle of, of the confusion. Here's what you need to know. Instead of acting on your feelings, you need to act on what you know. What do I mean by that? There's going to be times right now where you don't feel like reading your Bible. You don't feel like praying. Well, guess what? Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean you don't need to do it. If you don't feel like reading, you need to read. You don't feel like praying, I want to encourage you to pray. You don't feel like connecting and watching services, the block weekly or, or weekend services here at Celebration, do it anyway. You don't feel like sending us a DM or an email and saying, I need to get connected. Do it anyway. Do what you know you need to do, not what you feel in this very moment. We're not led by fear. We're not led by emotions. We're led by truth. 
that we serve the God who is near us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And in his word, he is giving us a game plan, a roadmap on how to navigate uncomfortable emotions. As I close, I want to just let you know that I believe that this is a time of either two things. It's a time of escape or escape into wonder. You can escape and go into hiding and be on your own and, and binge on Netflix and these things like we've been talking about, or you can escape and encounter the God the God that created you, that formed you, that has a great plan for your life, and you can be left in awe and wonder. Even today, um, I was sitting outside, and my boys were sleeping, my wife was sleeping, and I was just, it's just weird for me to be home at that time and and to be sermon prepping and to pray, and I'm used to being at the office or doing different things. I remember just taking a deep breath, and with every breath that I was taking, I was saying, Jesus, thank you. Help me. I'm uncomfortable right now. But I want to leverage this moment to know you. And the final thing I want to let you know is that we have a God that we can relate to. The Bible says that Jesus was a man of sorrows. But specifically, if you look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, we see that Jesus went to Gethsemane to pray. He took his disciples with him and he went and he cried out to God. And he said this, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Can you relate to that? There's sorrow, there's grief, there's overwhelm. You're overwhelmed? Guess what? We have a Savior who's felt that. How amazing is that? We have a Savior, a God, who can relate to us in our suffering. Right now, he's not distant in the universe, doesn't care where we're at, disconnected. He's like, no, 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 I've been where you're at. 40 days in the wilderness. I've been there. No food, no drink. I've been to that place. But here's what I know. The wilderness was leveraged to be strength for him in his ministry. And I believe that in the wilderness, he spent time with God. He spent time there. But here we see in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, we see that Jesus needed God and he needed close friends. And so do you. And so do I. You need God tonight. I need God tonight. And you also need close friends. So let me ask you, how are you doing tonight? Seriously, how are you doing? I know you're like, well, I can't really talk back to a screen. You're right, you can't. But you can talk to a person. You can talk to someone in the body of Christ, fellowship of believers. All you got to do is take the step tonight and put yourself in a position because I care about you. We care about you. More importantly, God cares about you and wants you to know you are not alone. These uncomfortable emotions you're feeling, they're normal for what we're going through right now. But you don't have to walk through it alone. I want to close with saying what David said as the very last words in Psalm 42. He said this, he said, put your hope in God. I imagine he's speaking to us tonight. Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him my Savior and my God. You know what? That's what David could say. He could say, he could give the charge, put your hope in God. But then he ended with a personal note because he's my Savior. He's my God. Can you say that tonight? Can you say, he's my Savior. He's my God. If you were encouraged by today's talk, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Again, thank you for listening to the Overflow Podcast.